Before thee let my cry come near, O Lord, true to thy word, teach me before thee. We are thankful that you are able to join us today as Pastor Mark Robinette preaches another sermon at Foundation Church here in Mount Sterling, Ohio. If this message is an encouragement to you, and we pray that it will be, please consider taking the time to go to www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org and let us know. Thank you, and may the Lord richly bless you through His Word. Let my lips thy praise confess, yea, of thy word my tongue would sing, Greetings this Lord's Day in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior and our King. Greetings. The Lord is so much to all of us. Amen. Amen. He is kind to us and uh, He is gentle with us. And when we need it, uh, He is there to reprove us. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. Why does He do this? Everybody say, for His namesake. He does it for His glory. And today as God has called us into His presence to worship Him, He does this for His glory. God enjoys His people. He loves us and He is eager for us to lift up our voices, to ask, us, ask Him for forgiveness, uh, for us to listen to His direction. So let's today as we go to Psalm 100 for our call to worship, be mindful of the words of the psalmist. He said, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. And that's what we will do today. We will sing, right? Yeah. Know ye that the Lord, He is good. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's lift our voices in song, and let us sing, Immortal, Invisible, God, Only Wise. After we pray. Heavenly Father, we love You. We thank You for bringing us into Your presence. We thank You for offering us forgiveness of sins. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, that You will speak to us and you will feed us from heaven. We pray that we would leave different than we came. In Christ's name we pray and all the church said, Amen. Amen. moments here as brother Steve comes and reads to you his text and begins his sermon and I know he doesn't really need an introduction um, but I'm going to give him one anyway uh, I'm thankful for brother Steve you know uh, Steve and I don't really hang out and talk on the phone very much uh, I guess like kids do when they're friends 
Um, but there have been some very, uh, there's been some very serious times when I've needed someone to talk to. And Brother Steve has listened to me and has been faithful uh, in listening to me and uh, not being too rough on me. Uh, and I appreciate his friendship. To me, the most important thing about who fills this pulpit is the, is the person that they are. Uh, and I want, I want this pulpit to be filled with people who love people and who love their families and who want to bring glory to God in all that they say and do. And so I'm very comfortable and very thankful when Brother Andy fills the pulpit when I'm not in it. And I'm thankful when Brother Steve does. So please give him a welcome as he comes to preach the word of God. I'm going to let you all off the hook and let you sit for a minute. So please be seated. I'll read the scripture in a few moments. Wow, I've got iPhone Row up here. Look at this. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's an honor to be here and to be able to stand up here and not only uh, to visit with you all, but to be able to preach from God's word. Uh, thank you for your ongoing prayers for our family and specifically for our son Patrick. We are so glad to be able to have him here today. If you haven't had a chance to see him yet, uh, he is here and he is ready for you. There's been a lot of times in the last six months when I wouldn't have said he's ready for Foundation Church. <laughs> but he is now. He's at full strength and uh, ready to give out smiles and uh, it's been, it's been a, a challenging road for us for the last six months, but as you all know, uh, you've been through challenges before. God is more than faithful. He goes far beyond what we could ever hope for, and he uh, blesses us as he is prone to do uh, with cups overflowing, uh, tables overflowing, teaching us things that we didn't even know we needed to learn. Uh, that's how good God is to us, and he does it to us as only a gentle, loving God can do. Uh, so we've got Patrick's big debut at Foundation Church. That's a big deal for him. He doesn't even know it yet. Uh, but he's looking forward to this afternoon here as are we. We're also bringing Harrison up so he can be a part of the Myanmar trip and uh, giving to uh, Mark the care of... Uh, one of the best, and uh, just very thankful that he has the opportunity to do this. Huge, huge blessing. I've been on more missions trips than I can count, and they have an amazing effect on us as people. Uh, also, I have this young lady back here, my wife, who probably you all here at Foundation have seen more than the people at St. Peter have seen, so we thought about bringing her for membership here at Foundation. <laughs> Uh, actually, yeah, she has missed a lot of church recently, and I think the folks in Abingdon are probably a little bit jealous today that Kara uh, is a church and it's not in Abingdon. Uh, yeah, I'm really glad that she could be here. We've, we've been uh, here a couple of times, uh, several times. I, I can't even remember, actually, in the last year how many times we've been here. Uh, and that's great. That's one of the blessings of this situation with Patrick is coming up to Cincinnati and... Uh, being so close to you all and being able to come and visit and sometimes preach. So what an honor. And uh, again, more of the Lord's doing good things for us when we didn't even know uh, that those things were happening or could be happening to us. 
I want to preach from you to you this morning from Psalm 23. There are so many things that could be said about Psalm 23 and so many things that have been said. I'm sure it is one of the most preached on passages in the Bible. So I take great comfort as a mediocre at best preacher that it has very little to do with me and a lot to do with what the text says and what it shows us of our Lord. Um, and so I bank on that. I count on that very heavily. And I'm, I can stand here with confidence knowing that I bring you the very best when I bring you God's word. And I come in, in kind of a unique place uh, because I'm not your pastor. I don't know you all like Pastor Mark does. And I don't know much at all about your last week, what you're going through. You know, I, I listened to Jonathan's prayers this morning and some things he talked about I knew about and some I didn't know, I still don't know anything about. I don't know what's going on in your lives. Pastor Mark, when he preaches, he knows. And he can preach with a voice of, of the local shepherd and pastor. I come as a visitor from the outside. And so on the one hand, it's, it's a weakness. But on the other hand, there's a strength to it because you, you, you don't know. The, I mean, I don't know anything. And so you can know, hey, he doesn't even know what's going on in my life. And God's speaking to me out of his word the way he is this morning. So I'm, I'm comforted by that and encouraged by that, and I look forward to being able to show you more of the glory of God this morning from Psalm 23. It is probably, I, I would say without a doubt, the most beloved psalm in all of Scripture. Uh, it's probably hanging on your wall somewhere at home. Uh, you've probably memorized it. I actually spoke from Psalm 23 two or three months ago at a, at a nursing home, and as I was reading it, I noticed voices all around the room were just quoting it with me. Psalm 23 is so well-known and so loved, probably because it's so familiar. Everybody loves it, and the words of it come quickly uh, to memory. All you have to hear is those first five words, the Lord is my shepherd, and you know where you are in the Bible. It's like hearing... The words sung, amazing grace. You know, right there with the first two notes, maybe, what's coming. It's that well known. And it's not just a beautiful psalm and a very poetic psalm and comforting, though it is all those things. Psalm 23 has so much more in it than we typically give it. It's so full of comfort personal comfort for us as God's people today. Not simply through its beauty and the comfort and the peace, but through so much more. The profound truth of the gentle shepherd that we know personally. So stand with me, please, once again. As I read for you from God's Word, Psalm 23. And hear now the word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. 
for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. Father, I pray that it would be the words of this psalm that would wash over us, that we would be a changed people by knowing this shepherd who loves us so much. Encourage us this morning, Lord, and challenge us once again through your word. In Jesus' name and for his sake, I pray. Amen. Please be seated. There is certainly a lot of comfort and peace, peace of mind, peace of soul that can come from Psalm 23. And as I said before, I don't know what's going on in your lives right now. If, you, if we aren't friends on Facebook, or if we are and you haven't posted it, I don't know what's going on. I haven't heard the stories of what your last week was like, and the things that you have faced, or what's nagging at you right now, or what keeps you awake at night and unable to sleep. I don't know what's weighing in on your thoughts and causing you to be distracted at work or at home. I don't know what the kind of challenges you're facing with your children in your marriage. I don't know any of that. But I do know that we all know the Good Shepherd who knows all of that. And so he speaks to you personally as his child, as the sheep of his pasture in Psalm 23. And while we're always very quick to take the comfort which is good and right, there's so much more in Psalm 23. And it comes to us in these startling words, startling phrases and ideas brought together that don't seem like they go together. Like if I were writing Psalm 23 and I just got started going, and thank the Lord, I'm not. I would not say the things that the psalmist said in Psalm 23. I certainly wouldn't bring together these startling, contrasting things that the psalmist brings together. But these things serve to show us in that kind of startling, they, they slap you in the face as you read them if you're not too used to these words so that they just go right by without you hearing them. They hit you and they should make us stop and think and we should find comfort in them. And like I said, there's so much in Psalm 23 that I could say that I'm, not, I'm just not going to get to today. So this is not an exhaustive treatment of all the wonder in Psalm 23. Here's just a few things for you that I hope will, as you, as you go out of here today, you will have even greater comfort and peace in your heart because of what you see today in Psalm 23. In verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Now in your Bibles, as you look at the text, that word Lord is going to be all caps, the large capital L and the smaller caps, and it's the name, the proper name for God in Israel of Yahweh. It's not just any name for God. It is the covenant God of Israel. So 
we're going to we're not just we're not just going to go from little g to capital G. We're going to take a name with such emphasis of power and covenant keeping promises and we're going to say that God of the covenant people of Israel that amazing God of wonder is my shepherd. It's built right there into the words as David personalizes his relationship with the shepherd. And that is so key for us today as I continue on. How we take this personally. It, shepherding was not a position of glory. Shepherding was not a, a, uh, a, uh, a job to be sought after, really. You all know the work of shepherds. Those of you who have animals certainly understand some of what's involved in shepherding. That God is my shepherd. He is my king, my sovereign, my ruler, and also my shepherd. I've got a couple of quotes in here today from Martin Luther. I am amazed. And if you've never done this, go back sometime and look at what, what the the reformers said about the Psalms. It's just beautiful. It's just amazing how the reformers saw the Psalms. On this, Luther said, some names of God arouse awe and fear, but this one, shepherd, has a friendly sound. It gives the faithful a confidence, a comfort, a sense of security. I don't even have to ask the question in a room with this many people, are any of you lacking confidence, comfort, or security? Chances are, all of us at different places in our lives need that. And that's what we have personally from the hand of our good shepherd. By saying, Yahweh is my shepherd, David is saying, the I have no beginning or, or end God is my shepherd. The God who depends on nothing and no one is the one who's protecting me. He's the one who's watching my back, taking care of all of my needs. The one who is the same yesterday, today, and forever cares for me. The one who is the absolute standard of truth and goodness and beauty, he is my shepherd. Why would my sovereign, my king, my God want to take such personal loving care of me that he would want to lie me down in green pastures. Well, it's because he is our covenant-keeping God who loves us so much. And that leads me to the second statement that is really surprising. He makes us lie down in green pastures. Now, as the sheep of his, of, of his fold, when you see a green pasture, what are you going to want to do? You don't want to eat. Right? Those green pastures mean food. He makes me lie down in green pastures. What could these green pastures be but food for the sheep? And he makes us recline in them, rest in them, lay down in them. In his commentary on Psalm 23, Luther saw the green pastures to be the word of God. And God, our, our heavenly Father, Shepherd, covenant-keeping Lord, makes us to lie down in these, to rest 
in them to find our home, our settled place, our foundation in them. It is to them an ever happy life in which food and drink and all kinds of joy and pleasure abound. In other words, these sheep of the Lord are not only instructed and guided, refreshed, strengthened, and comforted by God's word, but they're also continuously kept on the right path, protected in body and soul and all kinds of distress. And finally, they conquer and overcome tribulation and sorrow. Again, another quote from Luther. And then number three, another surprise. There's, there's in, in, in verse four, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Children, this would be like going to your parents and saying, hey, Dad, that switch you use, I just love it. <laughs> you know, when you, you make me bend over and grab my toes and you remind me, oh yeah, they're at the end of your feet. And you spank me with that switch or that rod. It just gives me so much comfort. <laughs> I, you know... 11 children, I've never heard those words, <laughs> ever, anything like that. Rods are used not only for discipline, but also for correction and for protection, the rod and the staff. These represent a shepherd's love and a commitment, don't they? Parents, you, you probably know this a lot better than your children, how hard it is to be faithful in discipline how hard it is to be faithful in correction, how frequently it feels like we are using our rods and our staffs in the lives of our children, and how easy it is to just be tired and to let that go. But our good shepherd never is tired. He never stops correcting us. He never stops guiding us. He never stops using that rod to crack us every once in a while when we need it. And Hebrew says the father that loves his children disciplines them. Proverbs says the fool hates the rod, but the godly love it and find comfort in it. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then in verse 5, the fourth thing I see that's surprising to me is you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. What is the Lord doing spreading a table in the presence of our enemies. How about we get out the swords? This reminds me, is it Tim Hawkins who sings about the little, is it the little drummer boy? And, or no, it's do you hear what I hear? And a child, a child shivers in the cold, let us bring him silver and gold. What? How about a blanket? That's what I think of when I read this, I think a table in the presence of my enemies? How about weaponry? How about a shield? I need protection from my enemies, not lunch. That's what I'm thinking. See, I would not have done well writing this. What is going on? Why does the Lord, my shepherd, do this seemingly out-of-place thing? Well, there are a lot of beautiful reasons, and I think, oh, I'm 49 now. I know a little bit of it. Maybe by the time I'm 59 or 69 or 79, I'll know even more. Of how, of how this makes sense. Because I will have seen more of how God has done this for me in my life. I'm beginning to see now and thank the Lord for weekly communion. 
thank the Lord that we can come together as a people. We come out of this world and we come into this safe and wonderful, beautiful sanctuary of God and in the presence of all our enemies in a world that rages around us where crazy is normal, he prepares a table for us every week in the presence of all of our enemies and we feast as though everything's great. You know, we're not living in, uh, in, in the same America that was founded a couple hundred years ago or, or even years after that when there were still more vestiges of faith and more of it was pervasive into our culture. We're living really in more and more of a post-Christian culture here in America, and yet we can gather get together as the church and we can say, yes, in the presence of our enemies, we can feast and know that the Lord, our God, our gentle shepherd is also the king over all of this and he's got it taken care of. Amen. He is watching out over not just this great big world and all the mess that's happening and we don't have to worry about it. He's watching out for us daily in the little things and providing for us tangible things, things that we would think in our Gnostic mindsets don't matter, but to the Lord they do. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And so we can experience things that would decimate those who don't know our Lord. And we can come through them, right Andy? We can come through them. In the presence of any hardship, of extraordinary difficulty, we live startling lives. Lives that model the work of our shepherd who prepares a table in the presence of our enemies. We need to take the promises of Psalm 23 personally. We need to see these startling, contrasting things come together and say, no, they make perfect sense. And here's why. And those things need to get into us and we need to own them and we need to see Psalm 23 not just as a very beautiful and comforting poetic uh, passage in scripture but we need to own it as our own as as more than the Lord is my shepherd it's all that that means all the freight of the freight that comes with that and 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 being the 20th century Christians that we are who swim in a world that or live in a world that is swimming in dispensationalism it's easy to 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 still unconsciously think of Psalm 23 back there in the Old Testament in the left side of the Bible that where God is angry and it's a different time and God was different then even though we know none of those things really characterize that well even though we are covenantal, even we know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, even though we know that there is perfect continuity, and we know that as the New Testament writers were writing, they were building off the Old Testament, we know all of these things, but yet we still will relegate texts of the Old Testament like this, and especially one like Psalm 23 that we know so well, we'd be quick to dismiss it as, yes, I've heard that. I know that. I've got that covered. And it's not a funeral today, so why are we even talking about Psalm 23, well, it's because 
we know the shepherd. Psalm 23 is not just a disconnected, beautiful passage in the Old Testament. Psalm 23 is a testament to our Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just give you a few here from the New Testament. John 21, Jesus referred to his people as his sheep and his lambs. In 1 Peter, he refers to himself as the shepherd or the good shepherd. And in John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. So when we read Psalm 23 as, as modern day Christians, we should take it personally and know we know that shepherd. We know who that's talking about. We know him personally. And we know that we are one with him. And that that union means that we share with him in these benefits in a very real, in a very practical, tangible, life-changing kind of way. That's what Psalm 23 is for us. I want to give you just one quick example, and this won't take long. In Mark 6, verses 30 to 44, I'm going to read through them, and I'm going to stop occasionally so that we can see as Jesus feeds the 5,000, Psalm 23, Good Shepherd. Mark 6, beginning in verse 30. The apostles returned to Jesus. They had just been sent out to go and to minister. And they returned and they told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. And you see Jesus, the good shepherd, calling his hardworking disciples who were I imagine flying high. They wanted to come and talk to him about all that they had said and done. And he said, come away and rest. You haven't even had the leisure to eat yet, he said. Come and rest for a while. And so even there we see Jesus providing rest for his disciples. And in verse 32, they went away into a boat to a desolate place by themselves Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when he, Jesus, went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them. Okay, so put myself in Jesus' shoes. We're going away to a desolate place to get some time alone and rest, and we arrive there on the shore, and there's a crowd of people there too. These people are obviously really insensitive to our needs. And don't they realize how hard we've been working and how tiring this is? And that we need rest too. And don't they know that they can't just call me any hour of the night? I need to sleep. And don't they know that we get tired, right, Mark? Right? We get worn down. And Jesus steps off, and the disciples are right behind him on that boat, and the crowd is there already. And he had compassion. And it says, because he saw that they were like sheep without a shepherd. Right there is a beautiful picture of the heart of our Lord. 
That's the Psalm 23 shepherd. Who's compassionate. These people didn't have it all together. I'm sure they, like all of us, were high maintenance. And they asked stupid questions. And they messed up. And he had compassion. Compassion. Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. He began to give them the word of the Lord. He gave them green grass. And it was late, verse 35, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place. The hour is now late. Send them away. The disciples there, that sounds like me, send them away to go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves something to eat. I don't think we need any comment on that. We all would be right there with them. We need to send these people out of here. But he answered and he said to them, you give them something to eat. <laughs> and I think this is just hilarious, actually. Really, that Jesus said that to them. And they said, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it them to eat? The equivalent $15,000. Should we go and spend $15,000 on bread so all these people can eat, Jesus? Do you see how ridiculous this is? Really, Lord, that's your solution? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they had found them, they said five and two. And then he commanded them all to sit down in groups. And here it is, on the green grass. You know, I, when I think of pictures of this part of the world, I don't see green grass. But this is where Jesus led them. This is where he orchestrated all of this to happen, this crowd of all of these people and his disciples to get this real-life lesson, and he makes them recline in green grass so he can feed them. So they sat down in groups by hundreds and fifties, and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate, and they were all satisfied. Wow. If we could be satisfied, what does it take to satisfy you? Are you never satisfied? Whatever it may be, in the Lord's provision for you, are you ever satisfied? Jesus feeds us to satisfaction. In, 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 the, in, in Psalm 23, it's to where our cups are overflowing. Our plates are overflowing. They had 12 baskets from all the overflow of what the good shepherd provided. Now, here's the thing. I've been reading, uh, January has been a month of reading for me about leadership. And it's actually really interesting with what you said about coming up here to this pulpit and it's the, the, the thing that you look for is the, the person. You're looking at the person, the man who's here. Uh, that's the very first thing that I see in all of these books that I read. Some of them coming from a Christian perspective and some are not, but I notice all those who are not are borrowing biblical truth 
to make their truth about, about leadership and the core, the most important thing everybody needs in a leader is character. You can have people with amazing giftings, but if they are not people of character, they are not leaders. They should not be leaders. I began applying this in my own mind to myself, to the other elders, to the deacons, thinking how can I encourage my brothers in these things? How can I disciple the men? See how my mind's working? I'm, I'm going out in concentric circles. The men in my parish. And then I'm thinking, well, the ladies are leaders too, aren't they? Of course they are. Just, I mean, maybe not in the exact same way the men are, but the ladies are the leaders. And, and then I thought, wait a minute. As Christians, we're all leaders. We all need to be leaders. We all need to be people of character. We all need to be like our shepherd in Psalm 23. And so I, I, I looked at Psalm 23, and folks, this is in the last week, and I've been thinking about this text and these lessons for the last six months, and this is in the last week I've been thinking, we, we don't just look at Psalm 23 and find comfort, we look at Psalm 23 and we find an example of the kinds of Christians we are to be. We are to model our lives after our good shepherd. We have to be Christ to the world around us. And this is one way that we do that. In how we love them and how we care for them and how we provide. And how there is comfort and peace and love and joy and overflow to be found here in your lives in this church. And that is a part of the salt and the light that spreads in this community when we are like our shepherd. And so it's not just knowing Psalm 23, it's, it's knowing the shepherd and living like the shepherd. I remembered a story that I heard years ago that struck me at the time and it strikes me even still uh, a, a, uh, an orator a great orator had come to uh, a meeting I imagine it to be in a town just like one of these little towns in Ohio and all the people from the community gathered together because this man was famous for how well he could speak and they would give him things to recite because he had learned as such a great orator all of these famous speeches so he could just stand up and give with amazing clarity and vocality the Gettysburg Address or the preamble to the Constitution. And then a minister stood up and he said to him, would you recite the 23rd Psalm? And he did. And it was just like you would expect. He stood up and he said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he worked through the whole chapter like nobody else could with perfection. And when he was done, in his wisdom, he said to the pastor, now would you quote the 23rd Psalm? And the minister was glad to. He stood back up and he said, the Lord is my shepherd. 
And as he made it through to the end of the 23rd Psalm, there wasn't a dry eye in the whole room. When he was done, he sat down and the orator stood back up and he said, the difference between myself and this gentleman is I know the 23rd Psalm, but he knows the shepherd. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would, through the power of your word, continue your good work in our lives. Lord, help us to find our comfort and our supply, our strength, our vitality, all that we need in knowing, loving, and serving you, our good and gentle shepherd. Help us to be like you in this world around us, with each other, with our children, that the glory of God would be seen in our homes and here in this church and ultimately to the world around us. For we desire to see your kingdom come, to be served here on earth as it is in heaven. So we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Robinette of Foundation Church. Thank you for taking the opportunity to listen to our audio sermons. We would love to hear from you if you have any comments, questions, or just to let us know how they served you. Go to our website, www.foundationfellowshipchurch.org, and send us a note. Thank you, and it's a pleasure to serve you.